Hey everyone, Calypso here. Apologies for my audio on this episode. It picked up my webcam audio instead of my microphone audio, as well as my video once again. Uh, my internet here isn't the greatest. I'm trying to figure out a solution that doesn't revolve around buying expensive internet, going the cheapskate route. Um, but for future episodes, until that is resolved, I think I'm going to be using just a placeholder stock image. Um, the audio will be fixed for the next episode in January, don't worry. But uh, apologies again for my audio, I'm sorry. I edited it, I fixed it as best as I could. So that's what this is for this episode. Um, otherwise, enjoy this episode of Dead House Whispers. Welcome to Dead House Whispers. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. I am Calypso, uh, once again with an episode of Dead House Whispers. And as always, I'm joined by my other host, Faceless Mike. Hello. That was a speed run of an intro if I ever heard that one. That was a speed run of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, will be, this will be our uh, last episode for the holidays, and we will resume in January. Yes. Yeah. And we'll try to give plenty of notice. Definitely, <clears throat> definitely. So uh, this 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 episode, this week, this one, we're going over the recent The Hollowed uh, episode of Dead House Sonata, the radio dramas. Been doing this for quite a while now, guys. So if you don't know, this is your spoiler warning for everything of that episode. This would be your time to go back and listen to everything Dead House Sonata radio play-wise on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Google Play, etc., 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 and catch up on our episode, Whispers on Spotify, RSS, yada, 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 yada. You know the deal. You know the deal. <laughs> um, but yes, so um, while Mike fixes the back end stuff, I will Got kick it. us off with where we uh, left off. And where we <sighs> left off was a bit of a doozy. Alaric, Alaric the Damned um, comes across a little child in a barrel and he gets on his knees and he starts to pray. And then, boom, next thing you know, in the beginning of The Hollowed, he's doesn't remember anything. And he's walking to Beller, I believe. Beller, of the, the yep. place he was born at where he where he was raised as a little child himself. As so, Von Beller uh, means from Beller. Yes, yes. Uh, like Da Vinci about. means from <laughs> Vinci. Um, and, uh, and so it's basically, basically we know that he killed the kid. He just wiped it from his memory because it was a terrible, terrible act that he killed. Well, we no, don't know that, Alaric, but he, he definitely killed the kid. Totally, totally. Alaric wakes up after meeting the girl, doesn't remember. Um, he ends up in Beller, his hometown. And then we get into Lucian Temple. I think we'll go into that in a second. Uh, but yeah, so I'm pretty sure he kills the kid. Unfortunately, my dreams of him wanting to vampire slay train the kid and lone wolf and cub mandalorian baby yoda the kid doesn't happen maybe yet. maybe time. in a future episode maybe in a future episode i'm still egging for that you know yeah. vampire ghoul buddy cop show <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah 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 there's there should be plenty of that in the future should be plenty of that in the future especially with the, the hints dropped from the lich in this episode yes um, that was the yeah. other big part to this. But before we get to that, like, mm -hmm. I really love the part with the start. 
um, where he goes back and he starts like reminiscing about his hometown and the way he used to be there, the way his life was and all like that. He even finds his home, which is like yeah, a disheveled home really cool. now. And he's reminiscing about how he used to catch fish and his father would let them cook there and he'd cook on the hearth and all like that. And we kind of get, it's funny because like, when you're playing other games and they start talking about lore, that kind of stuff gets left behind and forgotten quite a bit. But here it's like, no, he's like, you're showing the human side to him, even though he's now one of the undead and he's a vampire. It's like, he's still trying really hard to hold on to that bit of humanity. It's like, this is my home. Yeah. This is all of this. And it's like, there's almost a weird, I don't know what it is about it, but there's a weird kind of biblical narrative to it with the yeah, visuals definitely. of him coming back to this old kind of, thing of this oh, is yeah, the path oh, yeah. and Even it like feels he is... like something it feels like this episode is Alaric literally figuratively and literally sort of walking down memory lane like human memory lane sort of and like he's like reminiscing and he is figuratively and literally again a ghost of who yeah. he was visiting these mm -hmm. past memories. And it's not only that he has moved on and times have changed. You can see the village has been decimated. It's been destroyed. Oh, yeah, just Everything totally has been completely Gone. wrecked. And then Gone. we get on to yeah. your next bit. Uh, did, did, um, what was it before then, that? The stars? Oh, the stars before that, yes. Never the, looked the, the, same. the stars never looked the same. Um, he talks about the stars actually a little bit we'll get to That's that later, a little bit later yeah. yeah as well um but so he like as you said he stumbles across bellary goes into his old home he starts to reminisce on these memories and um when he does that i believe he's looking into the fireplace and he starts to uh remember um or call back to the fires of elsa Bayoth and like this mm, passion the all fires like, yeah, the all fires like this brazier. It was either at that moment, or I might have missed the notes here where no, the sun was right. coming up. Was the was the sun coming up, and then he starts to remember that, or no, it was or before, it's before that. He was talking okay. about Harith okay. used to burn, yeah. like the all fires burned, and he talks about the lore. Yeah, and then we get into the lucent churches, and um, the 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 lucent churches were scattered all across like Malorum and Ustilia. Um, and and Thacia and everything, and that was like essentially like Christianity. A nice callback. Whenever we had the episode of Nightmares, remember when Dead House literally flooded into Eustilia and all yes. these knights came out to defend the Lucian Templar and they had yeah. all their helmets. They had they the really cool like, like bell helmets or something. Hit. They literally yeah. hit as they were holding their stuff like to create kind of like a holy barrier because they were communing yeah. with their god, which is most like cool. guaranteed what summoned the burning one. Like that's totally yeah. why what drew his attention to the oh crap they're in trouble, my people mm -hmm. you know, yeah it's very cool it's very cool and uh, it 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 actually uh, it's something that didn't I don't know why it didn't click with me earlier, <clears throat> for for whatever reason of nightmares but uh, in th this episode actually starts off with Alaric saying like it's been eleven months eleven days eleven seconds yeah. years or whatever and two hundred since. The fall of Ustilia and the rise of Deadhouse. Been 220 years, 11 months, 11 days, 11 hours since the Burning One was struck down by the Blackened Blade. So if you go back and you listen to the earlier episode of Nightmares, that was the fall of Ustilia. Deadhouse literally rises to quote the Fetid Prince. And then this is like literally Deadhouse, day one. comes in. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, the, after Deadhouse. 
12th of Prius, 219 years after Dead House. That, that's where that comes from. But now we're at 220 years because I, I think I said in an earlier, earlier episode, we start off with the radio dramas and now we are in the year 220. Um, and it's been t- taken Eller a couple of years to study and learn and do all this other undead stuff. But to get back to where we were, um, he's reminiscing about the pyres and the fires of Ustilia and the, the and Lucian the temples and the religion. And then uh, he he talks about a giant brazier. Like, um, and it, the artwork for it is really cool. It's very like Olympian. Um, there's these two giant wings cradling the side of, e- of each side of the brazier. Uh, the common people call this the gold. At the heart of every Lucent temple, a brazier kindled flames of gold. The Allfire, it was named. So commoners knew it as the gold. It was said to be a fragment of El Sabayosville. Visions from the gold would guide the Lucent priests, and the dead were laid as kindling upon it. The color of the ashes left behind was a mark of El Sabayos' judgment upon the lives of those who were burned. Um, and what it is, it's, it's sort of a judgment pyre for when uh, you would die, your ashes actually have meaning in this world. So yeah. there's three types of ashes within this within this whole religion of the, the El Sabayoth and sort of just the world of Malorum. Um, you have three types of ashes. You have white, gray, and black. The- white ash, they believe, came from those who were true. It was scattered as a blessing over crops or mixed with the building materials for new temples. So that if you if you die and you have white ash and you're a holy person or a good person, um, then they use your body literally to build their holy temples. Gray ash, like most of us, is for the common man. Gray ash came from the common man, he who was true and false. It was used in the making of ink, that the voice of the people should echo with those that had come before them. It's where the common man is both true and false. You're, you have, you know, you're a good person, but you make some mistakes and you're a liar. The, blah, blah, blah. the dichotomy um, of man. Yes. Um, and they use gray ash to make inking materials and like paint and stuff. Um, so that's a really cool fact that like every time Alaric is writing down his journal, he's using the quite literal ashes of a person mixed I with loved, like oil, I'm assuming. I loved um, how they mentioned it. it as well. It's so that the voice of the common man echoes through the ages. Yes, yes. That's, that's beautiful that poetry well. to that. But black ash, that the Eustilians did not speak of. They struck the names of those that burned to black from their records and buried their ashes beneath Malorum, out of the sight of El Sabayoth. You died and you had black ash, or I'm assuming if you were undead maybe as well, I don't know, um, you would be struck from records. They would literally strike your, your your entire being from being known and from being like the public records. Um, and then they would bury your ashes beneath Malorum, and then you would essentially be out of the judgment of El Sabayoth or their like god. And you'd just, just be forgotten. It sounds yes, like you'd be. just be forgotten from like them and their history and the yeah. world. And I propose a theory here. Go on. I propose that a, a very quick theory is that if you were uh, died, you had black ash, and you got buried beneath Malorum, that somehow transcribed to you rising from the dead eventually as like your soul as a person or your ashes or whatever helps contribute to 
the rising dead, like a ghoul or a, or a revenant or something. Like revenants um, die and then they uh, they get buried or whatever. But revenants are so angry they just come back from death. Maybe uh, if you are buried in a plot that was buried beneath Belorum that had black ash in it, that contributes to helping out the rising of a revenant or something. I don't know. Just spitballing here. My That's other theory is that really the black theory, ash but... contributes to somehow the awakened because we notice, I've noticed this in re-listenings is that uh, the awakened like taking shelter or like sort of kind of like vampires or undead. They, they try to find a shelter or something and it's always beneath something. We'll get to are the horses in a second. Trying, are they trying to uh, escape the light's judgment? Yeah, that could be. Because that's something we get later on with Elsa Bayop mm -hmm. and all of that. But that's a really interesting theory. There, there might be something to that. He also mentions that, like, if they stayed true to the religion, would they have been spared this? Might this not yeah. have happened? And also, would the All Fire have detected the Awakened? Yeah. Because, like, when yeah. they burned them, maybe if he's hypothesizing, would the ash have been red by any chance? Like, they're showing, mm -hmm. like, there is something wrong. This is impure, you know? Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, the, the lore to get biting into that is really awesome. I really love it. Yeah. That. And, and uh, it, it also <laughs> brings a, a, this this whole waxing on about the religion of Malorum and Ustilia and the Elsa Bayoth and stuff. It brings a great meaning to the episode name, The Hollowed, as in, like, holy, perhaps. Mm hmm. Along with what we'll get to later, um, and then what we'll get to a little in a little bit, uh, yeah, uh, tributes to talking to the ashes, talks as a dead house. Um, the uh, after the fall of of the burning one, there's the fall of Ustilia. Uh, the temples are consumed by the dead, they're corrupted by necromancy. The south eventually rejects all of Ustilia, burning down the temples, and then worship of El Sabayoth is outlawed in the south because they reject their religions and then thus thus um just sort of that kind of whole re religious christianity kind of thing just yeah. gets completely like forgotten it goes they... it goes in that they kind of they, they they went their own direction that uh Thasia <clears throat> decided they weren't going yeah. to side with Ustilia and wanted their own independence so yeah. they separated literally state and church and the whole lot and decided not yeah. to go that way very cool Cool, very cool. And then um, mm -hmm. uh, once Alaric that and talking about it internally in his brain, um, we learn that uh, Alaric realizes the sun is coming up, automatically <laughs> uh, bury himself <clears throat> under the ground. Alaric, uh, it's Alaric buries himself underground in my notes here um, due to the blood sort of calling him and making him do it. And we learn dig, that when dig, he's... Yeah, dig, dig, dig. Um, and uh, while he's now safely consumed underground, uh, his is... He, he wants to breathe, but the blood is sort of telling him, you don't have to breathe, you're undead. You do not need to breathe. You are dead already. I thought to myself, but Sophia only grew, as if pressing me deeper into Malorum. And we also learn a Your very cool work, fact. Stupid. Yeah, we <laughs> learn a very cool fact that, that uh, the blood is constantly pushing away from the direction of the sun. Ever vigilant from Vizin. As the hours passed, I found that the greater whole of my blood was slowly shifting. At first, it pressed down, but also to the vest. But gradually, this western pressing abated, and the blood pulled only downward. Then again, in time, it began to pull down and to the east. 
I realized this movement of the blood was a counterbalance of the sun's position above, straining away so that I knew always and without sight from where the daylight came, until at last it strained no longer and the sounds of night came. That, like, to, that to, I to think was really cool. From you, I love that, that there's a science, a science mm-hmm. aspect to how vampires work in this universe and i think constantly pushing away from the sun so you know what is a is a little tell and alaric even says himself that uh that like it's a tell of i constantly know where the sun is coming from when it's up or even when it's up when it starts to go down the blood stops to push and it gets kind of goes back to a normal feeling of controlling your body or whatever it is it's very yeah I, I, it's, it's cool that there's an innate thing. So the vampires know when there is light and all. Yeah. Very cool. So kind of like an internal, a literal internal time clock. That uh, and him something. not getting eaten by things. Also, yes. Things yeah. freaking out when it gets too close to him, except for one cat, which was a jerk because it's a cat. Yeah. That's yeah. what cats are. Cats are just like, yeah, if you Bad. Bad kitty. While he's in, while he's underground, waiting for the sunlight to go away, <clears throat> the the lich actually contacts him. The lich yes. from of witches. Finally, we again, get it. Yes, voiced again <clears throat> once, voiced once again by um, Matt Curtis, the same voice actor of no, the ghoul. No, 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 no. no he's Curtis. the ghoul. No, the yeah. lich is a different person. It's yeah, a person by the name of. Let me get. I'm going to butcher this name. I, I apologize because we will have them on shortly. Uh, Joey Surlis. Surlis? Ah, all right. Joey. Joey. Uh, you would know Joey Sur- more likely yes. as uh, the butcher's hook in Hunt Showdown. We can hear it's scripture. The stone spoke to me, and I pulled from its mouth a steaming cleaver. Dear cleaver. <laughs> The stone told me a place where this prize would become blessed. Oh, all right. I know who that is. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. You heard it here first, folks. There you go. Sweet. All right. We're getting freaking the butcher. From Shout us. out to George for making sure I have all that info yes. correct. Thank you, way. George. Thank you. Thank you. I know you'll be watching this after thank the fact, you. George. So, so thank you. I don't want to mess that up. Um, so, uh, yes. Yeah, so he co- gets contacted by the lich. And then um, uh, the lich is like, hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, how's it going? Last time we talked to the Sunken Woods. And Alaric discovers <laughs> that the lich has sort of been watching him this entire time. Um, we've, we've gathered that you bit from others because they can see dreams. the eyes. You have haunted me in your dreams. Yeah. And we learned that the lich Ooh. bound Alaric and his eyes with like a sort of binding spell. Never to kill you in the Sunken Woods, if that is what I wanted. Or I could have let the ghoul eat your head. It pleaded with me for that. But I have ever been your benefactor, young Alaric. Benefactor? You laid foul magic upon me. That foul magic has protected you from things you cannot guess. You you haunted my dreams with visions of horrors. In your dreams... You have haunted me as well. I have? You? You cannot expect me to believe you have acted in my interests. Um, so the Lich is constantly watching Alaric literally through his own eyes. 
um, mm -hmm. and maybe even apparently it's a two-way street. Mind. Yeah, apparently it's a two-way street. Uh, the Lich also uh, says that that Alaric has been haunting the Lich, what, to a positive or to a negative. Um, and then the, the Lich mentions something very cool. Um, Alaric's like, "Yo, what's up? Where are you?" And the Lich is like, "Man, if you want me to un, you have to come to me, so I can touch your eyes again." Only way to unbind the spell. And the Lich mentions he is to the Ooh. south of Dead House Gate. Um, the Dead House. Those, what you dead call house gate. what you call what the Dead House you Gate. You call the Dead House Gate. That's very important. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Dead House Sonata, the Dead House Gate, um, and I'm assuming a lot of influence is taken from the Malazanderies. I've talked about this before. I've read the first book. Well, you talk. It is a huh? You know, you know, Dennis has constantly promoted that. Like he says, yes, that has constantly. Been a big Dennis has constantly said style. this. Um, I have read the first book. It is a Herculean task to get through and read this series. I still think it holds the Guinness Book of World Records for being like the longest page numbered book series ever. Not necessarily the longest series. <clears throat> Isn't it based on something? Series. I haven't read it yet. I haven't read them yet. It's still on the list because that's something I'm going to have to sit down and commit to because it's quite the, yeah. the junk to get through because it's it's tough. But uh, I, so I believe, big. isn't it meant to be like it, the the author is some dude and I can't remember his name offhand. It's Erickson or something. Steve, and, Steve Erickson. Yeah, didn't it was like him writing down the stories of him and his buddies like D and D campaigns from like all over the years. Yeah, it, like, it is it like it's... thirty years of D and D campaigns from like the seventies mm -hmm. or something. That's yeah, yeah, cool. Steve. Oh, crap, I can't remember the other author's name, but there's two of them. Um, they both like jointly contribute to this really long universe. The core book series yeah. is Book of the Fallen. There's only ten of them. Then there's a bunch of spin-off series or prequels or side stories, and that goes on forever too, right? But uh, mm -hmm. it started out mm -hmm. as Steve and this other guy who's the author I can't name remember right now. It was their own sort of homebrew D and D kind of world that they sort of fashioned and then they said fuck it let's write a whole book series about this so they just turned it into a book series it's awesome um, very very cool very long i've read the first book it's good but i'm definitely gonna have to read it again because there's just so much going on um very, but anyways bypassing that that's where the whole dead house name and dead house gate and stuff comes from is that book series um the, and we learned that the lich and the ghoul had a sort of pact for the the lich wanted the ghoul to watch over alaric <laughs> Well, which is why the ghoul never killed Alaric when he had plenty of opportunity. Because it would to quote be the ghoul, against the it rules. would be against the rules. Yeah. We didn't know what the rules were at the time, but now we know who the rule maker is. And it's funny because mm -hmm. Alaric mentions different things. He's like, uh, I have always been your benefactor. I have protected you from things you can't imagine. Which is like, oh, hello. What else has been going on that we don't know about? Because there's clearly background things. Because like Alaric has fumbled his ass into most of this stuff by himself, and we can see, but sure, through blind luck, which wasn't blind luck. It was clearly the Lich's external mm -hmm. influence making sure that nothing too bad came to him. Probably how a lot of the things happened and came about the way they did. But what else is there? Because he's clearly hinting that there's more. Yeah, it makes you wonder that uh, since the of meets him in the sunken woods, it's the sunken yeah. woods, right? I think so. Yeah, where he meets yes. him in the sunken woods, um, is everything after that point influenced by the lich? Is subconscious 
Huxley is Alaric doing the things he is doing is prodding him in his brain. Even though it's never said in the radio dramas, except for a couple times that he's seeing through the lich, he's feeling the lich, he's having dreams what the lich is seeing. The lich totally told like him the open about stuff. the gates, about the crucible, all of that. You know all of this. The whole yeah, thing like, of the white all, was um, almost guaranteed yeah, to be from was the lich. all the lich. Even though it's never outright said or hinted at or anything subconsciously, is is it it's the lich telling Alaric all that stuff? My guess is yes, and we're gonna learn that later on in the series. Who knows? But that's that's a very the, interesting the other part take is on my favorite one is when he says afterwards. about you're my enemies, like well, you're not exactly innocent yourself. He says, Well, they don't kill deliver, they young don't take yeah, well, to him, he would be. Yeah. That's just a young Alaric. I like Alaric. that, because the Lich that. is, like, probably centuries and centuries year old. Alaric's only 60 years old, but that's, like, baby years compared to undead creatures. Exactly. And he says, you're not exactly innocent yourself. What do you think it is that happened in that cellar? Yeah. You I it love that. that Alaric blocked it from his mind, but it's the great. Lich knows. And then what was it? He says, what is it? Uh, so it gives out to him about steal, you steal men's souls. It's like souls are the currency of lichcraft as blood is to your kind see yeah. the lich doesn't even think of him as human anymore the, the lich is literally treating him like a vampire even though alaric's like but i'm a human and i hate dead house it's like well i have bad news for you there buddy <laughs> yeah he's, i think the lich depending like now that you are one of us or something like that um then uh, later, after all that, Alaric wakes up. The sun is no longer attacked. Oh, there's an absolutely nothing that happened in that cellar. <laughs> Alaric, in Alaric in denial. In denial. <laughs> yeah. um, then uh, the sun, you know, goes down again. Alaric unburies himself, and he flits, or he walks to another, or figure out if he was still in Beller when this was happening or if he walked to it's just past it it's just probably town, it's, just past Beller the way he describes so, it is kind of like kind of a farm just past Beller so he's like wandering down the road and he happens upon this like it's yeah, not too so far we away get to one of the best parts I really love the beginning of this episode the sort <laughs> of middle right now where we are and then of course the ending is always a banger um he goes uh, he's like well okay I gotta go to the south so to get to this dead house gate place, so, uh, so I might as well get a horse. So he tries. <laughs> like, so this is the other thing. He's still learning to be a vampire or to not be a vampire, maybe. Um, and he's like, I don't want to spook these horses, but can they even hear me? Because when I'm walking, I have no footstep sounds. I'm like as quiet as a mouse, almost invisible. Um, and he walks up to the horse. He's like, all right, what's up, dude? And the horse, you know, gets up and everything. And then. All of a sudden, <laughs> um, he noted he starts to notice something is a little bit off. The horse's eyes are closed, and then as they slowly open, just pure red and like emptiness. And then, boom! The horse's face breaks open. Creepy thing tendrils come out. The uh, mm -hmm. great thing about these audio dramas is the sound and the and the visual aspect of them. If you're watching YouTube, but we actually get the literal noise from the thing movie house without sound they could startle and draw the vacant who wants to get away from here hmm? i spoke quietly and the horses gently stirred so their eyes remained closed i placed my one hand along one of their necks and its breath shuddered its eyes were darting back and forth rapidly 
A dream? I whispered. The eyes slid open, swarming with so many burst blood vessels, red as the ones that sat above slanted smiles in the city. My hand shot back as the creature shuddered. Its voice panicked and twisted. And then its face, its entire head, peeled open like fleshy petals. And so many spindly tendrils burst forth, choking the horse like cries into something not of this world. As the horse breaks Even open in the, the horses. Yeah. <laughs> and he runs away after that a little bit. Um, after he gets after a chunk taken out of his horse, shoulder. Yeah. Gets a chunk taken out from the horse. Um, and the horse is turned into a thing like monster. The blood forces Alaric to flee from the city. Um, one of the horses hurts Alaric. The blood and he witnesses literally. Calypso, the blood literally noped out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like without, without control at all, Alaric just whoosh right and uh he he ends up in a forest a dark like relaxing sort of forest i suppose and we get one of the best memeable lines now is even the horses even the horses i shouted into the dark and it's it's great it's so that's, good that's that's going to be the meme along with the whole ah yes but you're gonna you're gonna you're <laughs> yeah, gonna this is gonna horses. be one you'll hear a bit uh, Alaric was not the usual target, but those horses made you. Yeah. 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 Although they're not even tentacles. Like he keeps describing them differently in each time because they're uh, like the I way they it, go, they are essentially like tendrils, but they are manifest from whatever they have been pulled from. So if they're humans, yeah. they end up being like veins. And then mm -hmm. with the horse, the way you could see it, it's like it was the horse's spine pulled yeah. out and re rearranged because you oh, see like gnarly. they it's all so get gnarly. re re body horror aid yeah you know yeah. remade and reworked or whatever it's so and um uh <clears throat> i think I really like the artwork that's going into these videos if you watch them on youtube um because there's little details in there like uh when the horse was just in the stables lying down it had like just regular eyes when it stood up you can see some of the blood was dripping down his face, which is okay, whatever. But you also notice that its stomach started to peel open as well. And like mm -hmm. there was blood coming out from the stomach. And, oh, it's so gross. Like just talking about it again, it's super gross. And like I get all squirmy and everything, but that's what makes Think it. Think of how that's going to go in the game. Dude, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm super excited for it. <laughs> um, so the, the blood nopes out and Alaric runs away and uh, he witnesses the wound from the horse healing like we actually witness the wound healing you know there's no pain or anything but um he sort of experiments and then alaric notices that he doesn't feel as strong as before he notices the blood doesn't feel as close is the word it's depleting um, and, uh, itself that's it's how he depleting. describes it like it did in his flask the way it's getting less and less it's kind of dissolving Tem asks, not the horses. Does that mean even the good boys are in trouble? I don't know. That's an interesting mm -hmm. one. Can you pet? There's going to be a can you pet the dog and the cat, but they're going are to you sure you're going to pet the doggo? Yeah, <laughs> that's the real question. Yeah. Um. So he's in the horse. He's in the. Uh, he, yeah. The. Uh. He notices that from the experiments two years ago that the blood slowly depletes. So. He, he logically figures out that the blood is slowly depleting inside of his body. And then coincidentally, a doe uh, walks upon Alaric. 
and Alaric kills the doe. And then we get another great section here of we learn what it's like or what it like what it feels like to drink blood as a vampire, yeah. what Alaric experiences to drink blood as a vampire. We also get the classic blood omen blood drinking sound effect while he's drinking. Uh, from this, you know something? Drama, I wanted to check and confirm with this. I do not have it confirmed. I've been told it's not likely, but it can't be a hundred percent. I wanted to check: was that the same blood sound effect as from Blood Omen? Because that I, I believe it was because it sounds similar. exactly. It sounds similar or almost one to one. The same sound. Apparently, I've been told no, but they went through a load of them. Felipe has gone through quite a few because they've, you know, his big sound library of stuff, and uh, lots of the blood drinking does actually sound the same. And it does, he he does confirm like it does actually sound like it. He doesn't mm -hmm. think it's the same one though. It's not like he didn't actually lift that one. It was uh, the blood drinking is a stock drinking like, blood drinking. Yeah, the thing. stock because, drinking like, if noise. Felipe, yeah. if Felipe had to personally make the sound effects for absolutely everything, like you know, it would take him months. Yeah, no. So like, um, it's from a sound. It's from a sound library, but it does library. really sound like the Blood Omen one, which I'm yeah. pretending it is just because it's a fantastic little nod as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there, uh, quick, quick side note. Uh, I'm going to derail for one second. Uh, mm -hmm. While replaying um, Legacy of Kane the series earlier this year uh i noticed that like there's a lot of i, I mean i get it was a video game back in the day you use stock libraries but i noticed that the blood drinking sound from blood omen or rather like door opening and closing sword clashing noises and um selection screen menu are mm. all been used throughout the entire series like oh, that'd like Blood be... one, Blood Omen two, Defiance, stuff like that. But that's all just. Oh, that that'd be common right. in the industry. I thought it was hilarious oh, yeah. that I'm after re I, I recently discovered a while ago. Like video games do this, by the way. You know that there's libraries of certain things, like inane background stuff. Like as Calypso said, like the sound of a creaky door. You know, you get those from stock libraries. So Vati, along with a few others, when they're completely analyzing the death out of like Elden Ring and stuff like that, there was a wall texture. Right, this weird esoteric yeah. wall text in the temple that's used quite a few times. And like, ooh, we wonder what this means. And as he looked into it further, he turned out that no, that was just a, a stock image wall yeah. texture from like a church and all, because it was also in like Path of Exile and like four or five other games. It's like it's quite common for certain things to do that because if you were literally to make every single like screen scrap of wood or like a lemon or you know chair in every single video game from scratch. Each one would take over a decade. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, so they're uh, one of my that's favorite. That's what guys do in college as well, actually. One of the first things they do, Calypso, when they're learning, like, let's say Unity or Unreal and stuff like that in college, a lot of guys, to help make money, mm -hmm. they will make asset packs and sell them on the stores yeah. on Unity and Unreal. And so so when people downing on it, don't forget, you're trying to steal from college students that are trying to build a portfolio. Don't do that. It's okay to have stock stuff because there, someone made it somewhere and an artist is getting paid. That's important. Yeah, that's the, that's the joke for, you know, indie game devs is asset. You just, hmm. you just use yeah. the, uh, No, the, they're the, like, using the stock asset stuff. They're using stock stuff yeah. that comes with the stock engine. Stock the game. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know a lot of the guys who here who were at the local college that they like um when they're going through college and they're learning bits and pieces they make like an asset pack of tables or an asset pack of chairs 
and like an asset pack of wall decorations and they put them up on the unity or unreal depending on what they're doing stores and people buy them like companies yeah. and stuff like that buy them all the time because like why would you pay your artist to sit down and make 300 different types of chair exactly it's ridiculous that's a lot like, of money. Uh, one of my favorite things once once i tell you this you'll never be able to unhear it i'm, I'm sorry mm. that i'm ruining this for you the space door opening noise from star wars like the push right oh i know this is the stock is the stock sound effect noise for every single space door opening sound effect after star wars to yeah. today they yeah. still yeah. use it Shh. yep they yep. still use it <laughs> um, the, uh, the and uh, the other one of my other favorites is the the creaky door like like for for a yeah. door is the stock creaky door sound effect for like every video game ever it's and probably most movies, horror movies and in horror movies it's used in thief i've been replaying thief expansion pack for the 25th anniversary the the creaky door noise same door noise for everything um you can pet the dog but do you want to yeah tem also puts here a really good thing is and um, we also learned also that vampires also, pet the doggo. Uh, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. And then, Ted, yeah, yes, uh, literally die on. Uh, we, all, we also learned that vampires can feed on any blood, not just human blood. Yes, because Alaric feeds on the dough. And um, I love the descriptions of when he's feeding on the dough. He's like, uh, it feels like the most relaxing thing I've ever felt. It feels like, you know, the, the morning you're going outside and like you just feel tranquility sort of flame like in of... liquid form yeah i love that that was amazing yeah and then after that he sort of like feel, he's kind of stoned i guess he's kind of high after that and then it just sort of recedes he becomes he one like with the forest blood. yeah he yeah she becomes one with the forest after doing that because his blood has been calmed and it's probably absorbing the memories and stuff of the dough of the like dough. you know yeah, it's becoming that is like well. this forest is my home so it was the doe's home but it is technically also alaric's home because that's where he grew up mm -hmm. in. so it's like yeah it's this weird part into that which i found really fascinating great um, description and then he walks through the forest a little bit more and then he comes upon and eventually he gets to fort zystra again but before that he looks up at the sky and he notices all the stars notices them and it's kind of like an yes. omen so we uh, we go through the list here we have um laterum um and it's a star he describes it as like a star with many sides so it might have like ovals or or rings or whatever um we have harispex harispex apparently has horns or what coming from that star we have uh Colaburn, um, it's it's an orb of ink he describes it as, I believe, and then we have uh, my favorite is blood red Vicenia, an evil omen for sort of just this night that's going. It's shining. It's, it's kind of just projecting. It. Well, then, let's see, let's see if I can get this up here. As the stars lit my path, as numberless lanterns feeling overhead. I saw Laterum gleaming alone as a star with many sides. I saw the horns of Harrowspex clearer than ever I had in life, so that they seemed unlike horns at all, but almost like a ring or band. There was Colibur, an orb of ink athwart the skies, through which no star could shine. And blood-red shone Vesania, brightest of all this night, 
an omen of terrible dreams. Its crimson light gazed upon me as I stood outside the battlements of Fort Zystra. What was the one first one? The first one was Laterum, it says. And it says a star with many sides. Yeah. So that, so that one would be up here in the corner. There, yeah. Then we have and then the next. Then we have Haraspex has horns. Apparently, it says it has horns. That would. It says be, yeah, but clear that his it has horns, but they are so clear now that you can see that it is a ring. Ah, um, so that then would we be have here. Caliburn or Caliburn, and it looks like ink. He says, mm -hmm. and that would be. I want to say the one up here two, there that one yeah yeah that one it's very it's cool kind of weird kind of like a void the... yeah yeah like a black hole maybe um and then we have you know blood red vicenia or vasania whatever um and that's you know the red one see, right there they look so they seem like on unlike horns at all but almost like a ring or a band then there was colliver the orb of ink athwart in mm -hmm. the sky the sky through which no star could shine and a blood red Sean Vesenia, Vesenia yeah. brightest um, of all this night, an omen of terrible dreams. Yeah, I really loved. I really loved that that uh, the description of the stars. I think it's great. Perfect. It's writing. almost like they have meaning. <laughs> yeah, mm, the stars align, or whatever the poem is for seven. So right. Or whatever the classic Lovecraft stuff, um, uh, and then he heads he heads back to Fort Zeister, and we notice that the whites are still patrolling. Um, and a really another great description is the whites will patrol until their legs they could yep. patrol until their legs fall off, and then they would crawl. And when they crawl until they are just dust, they will walk to, to pieces. Patrol. Walk to pieces, yeah. Um, and he's unsure if he can get into Fort Zystra. Will the whites kill him or not? Will they notice if he is undead or not? Um, so he just kind of takes a risk. And he's like, mm. what's up? It's me. It's Alaric. Yo, it's your boy, um, Alaric. Open you know, the gates. Exactly. <laughs> Open the gates. And it works. It works. They don't attack him or anything. Well, they don't know um, he's dead. Like. And then, yeah, that's true. They don't know he's dead. Uh, and and then now it gets really weird. Like, like mm. weird, weird. And I have a love-hate with this next section because it just reminds me of Game of Thrones and it just upsets me. Um, so when he enters the fort, he notices that bodies of humans and awakened are scattered across everywhere. Uh, they've been dead for a while. Alaric is shocked. Um, the awakened infiltrated the fort. He surmises that Perhaps they all transformed at the exact same time when they transformed in the fort. They transformed um, when they awoken, so to speak. When they uh, when they awakened, or when they they literally awakened, um, it happened like it was a mass awakening, right? Yeah. Um, and he's shocked. And he's scared. He knows they've been dead for a while. Um, and, but he but they they made a spiral. They all like they're they're in this weird spiral formation. Well, and the artwork did... for this. Did they make it? They were the bodies of the awoken yeah, and of the normal right. humans. It was just yeah. like random. Some were transformed, some were not. Were made in a weird spirally shape. Yeah. So did Hold the on. whites make the that. whites make the shape? Yeah. Did they or did they just not pay attention to whatever the hell was going on? 
Yeah. That's the question. And, Hold on. Uh, I think I have this here. Uh, do, do, do. Yeah. It has weird spirally shape. Okay. Although you probably can't see it with the, uh, hold on, let's see if I can get rid of the subtitles there. And I put this up. Weird spirally yeah, shape. Weird spirally shape. See, that reminds me of the health bar from Soul Reaver. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it also reminds me of Game of Thrones because um, in the series, I don't recall if it happens in the books. I don't think it does. I don't remember. I haven't read the books in a couple of years. Um, but in the series, you know, all the dead bodies make a weird spiral shape and it leads to nothing throughout the, it doesn't go anywhere um, within that series. No, Dennis. Is hey, this went script. somewhere almost instantly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's <laughs> something that's at least important, but it reminds me of the health bar from soul reaver. Just me thinking about that. I know I'm totally reaching for that, but um, <laughs> Hey, it's a thing. Um, so, and then uh, uh, form, he freaks out and he know he looks at this going on, what's going on, and then all of a sudden a giant beam around the area. And um Alaric is shocked and helpless, and uh he he all of a sudden like kneels down, the blood forces him to kneel down. He's commanded, he said it was a nonverbal command to kneel. Yes. Um and uh here I have uh this little thing from my notes is uh the form that appeared before him was not bound by logic um it was a winged thing as big and it has wings scattered across all of itself the wings were as big as a windmill arm of unfathomable shape with massive lidless eyes um like all over the wings placed all over the wings that converged into the center of a large central eye it stared at alaric um, the, uh, it was a wordless command, Sunil, um, and it's it's uh, uh, as that happens, the whites uh, all of a sudden surround Alaric. He uh, he notices that the ones with guns for arms start to point at the thing. They shoot. Alaric passes out, and then that's all we get there. Um, but this this figure, this being, this this entity is is literally just a biblical angel. I don't know if you guys it's know what biblical an angel. angels look like, but biblical angels are nightmare fuel, pure Lovecraftian, unfathomable. Well, it's why in the Bible and any lore like that, the first thing an angel always speaks to a human is be not afraid. Yeah. And there's so always a thing. Be, be not afraid. Yeah. And like, this one says, and it's just like that's an actual angel. And then the whites try to attack it. But as Jada pointed yeah. out, the whites are to protect from the undead, not from angels. But they, they seem to have no problem when yeah. Alaric was there. They they took that, those cannons out and they were going to fire at that angel, which mm -hmm. shows their bravery is limitless while their intelligence, not so much. I love that um, that the, there's no, I don't think Alaric compared, like he says the wings are as large as a windmill arm. Windmill arms are freaking huge, guys. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've seen windmill arms, but they're big. So this thing and he is couldn't even count big. the wings. He says it no, was countless. Couldn't. Like uh this, this thing is big. I think the art's great um for it. I think it's it uh it could and then this sort of calls back to the brazier for Elsa Bayoth and the burning one and the ashes, because the brazier is sort of aligned by these pair of wings with a central mm -hmm. flame in it or whatever, and then this creature has wings on its side. And the sort of central flame of this thing is the giant 
lidless Sauron looking like eye perhaps uh in the but then again everything the burning one was going back to of nightmares he's like yeah. god like he's mm -hmm. not a god but he is basically like Yahweh Christian god yeah like whatever different versions of every yeah. one of the Abrahamic re yes. Abrahamic religions yeah. it's god yeah yeah you know so only he is not god there's one above him too freaking angel a weird yeah. dead house and all um angel house and, yeah angel house uh mm -hmm. uh oh and then uh, he wakes up and he notices um the spiral pattern has been altered now around that pattern are uh white corpses placed there as well as the like cores. the cores the cores yeah. of the whites no the they don't even there, have the corpses it's just the, the cores just they're the cores. obliterated um, and we notice that the crucible, the light from the crucible is completely gone. Like the the, mm -hmm. the ethereal plane, the soul, the light of the soul or whatever is gone. But here's something I keep on to discuss, right? And no one has brought it up. They're like, what happened to that? What was the core containing? Um, like souls. Souls. What do you think God or angels want? Souls. They took the souls of the whites. It came to what you call them yeah it's rapture. literally like you know take like heaven would be yeah like, yeah which is a very cool one in the wheel you know yeah which is a very cool uh oh whoa you just brought up the wheel could yeah. the wheel could the wheel of of uh the wheel of life or the wheel of death um birth death and rebirth i am the engine of life the source of nosgoth's very existence I am the hub of the wheel, the origin of all life, the devourer of death. All are redeemed in the cleansing agony of birth, death, and rebirth. This is the engine of life, the purifying rhythm of the universe to which all souls are irresistibly drawn. Yours is a necessary and noble function, Raziel. Be in this universe could there be perhaps an elder god maybe a giant squid monster with a huge eyeball mm, i don't know just just you know reaching there for a minute ah, fellow legacy of cain fans wait um, are you trying to say there is god above other gods no there are six elder gods but each one of them has their own ascendant chosen one like the god of Deadhouse has the fetid prince who acts on his yeah. behalf. You know, the, the 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 angel god person has the burning one acting Anyone. on their behalf. So because the way I figure it, the gods, because they're eldritch deities, are inconceivable. So yeah. like it's not like Literally it would be an actual like as you said like a giant eyeball with tentacles like they're so grandiose that they're inconceivable in a mortal sense they would be yeah. intangible as in they wouldn't physically exist as a physical being so to speak the way we would comprehend it which, it's uh, like like imagine the the whole phrase you know the way where you explain 2d and 3d like and they explain 2d like a flatlander and then imagine mm -hmm. a flatlander trying to perceive a 3D object. They couldn't. They could only see one line of it. They yeah. would only see it as a single line because that's all they can perceive. They would know by their edges. Would be the same as us trying to comprehend these things that exist 
beyond time and space and mortality and whatnot like which, we wouldn't even know so which, in uh, order to act here they'd need their own little puppets yeah um and this yeah. brings up a good theory another another pretty good theory now that you brought all that up and yeah. said all that is are these stars that alaric saw earlier in that night are they just the elder gods in their sort of domain and they are so powerful that they're that they are that they literally light and that all the stars or certain stars are elder gods because um you have well we, we had we had the red one that gives bad yeah. dreams bad mm -hmm. dreams um, dream. uh, so we have uh, caliburn uh which is which is an uh or caliburn caliburn which is an orb of ink that gives me heavy lovecraft vibes of of uh I forgot the, the, the Dreaming God. I already forgot the freaking Dreaming God from Lovecraft. Side note, uh, the name was Azathoth. 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 Uh, throwing that in here, here's a little poem that Lovecraft wrote. Outside the ordered universe is that amorphous plight of nethermost confusion, which blasphemous and bubbles at the center of all infinity. The boundless demon sultan Azathoth whose name no lips dare speak aloud, and who gnaws hungrily in inconceivable, unlightened chambers beyond time and space, amidst the muffled, maddening beating of vile drums and the thin, monstrous whine of accursed flutes. So Azathoth, Azathoth in Lovecraftian fiction is essentially the galaxy or the universe. Some describe it as a giant black hole, also known as the blind idiot god, if Azathoth eventually awakens in the entire galaxy and the world as we know it just goes kaputs and blinks out into nothing so that's my little side note ending that side note back to the episode um <laughs> it'll come back to me later i'll edit myself in saying that guys don't worry um but yeah then uh, alaric wakes up a little bit after an like an hour he notices that it hasn't been a day just like an hour perhaps um and then the lich contacts him again and, and uh, the lich says Yo, dude, uh, you were kind of uh, gone for a minute. What's up? Lost you there for a minute. What, what up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, what's going on, dude? Um, and the, the Lich, we noticed that during that entire time where he was knocked out, he saw the biblical angel thing, um, that the Lich couldn't see, hear, or maybe even read um, Alaric's mind during that whole thing. So, and then he, he, he theorizes that... Uh, uh, the undead, undead can't, they have no power or control perhaps over weird biblical angels or mysterious things like that. So it's all to be surmised. And then uh, the Lich warns Alaric to stay away from circles like that one. It's um, not supposed to be there. It's not supposed to be there. Yeah. As I love says. that line. What is it? Uh, Something he also, that's not he supposed also, to be there. He also ditches out that sunlight doesn't um like you don't have to worry about the yep. sunlight dude um which is a classic vampire thing the whole sunlight killing vampires is a thing that came by way later and in that's dracula hollywood. and yeah that's hollywood in dracula and other early vampire fiction sunlight doesn't kill vampires it only weakens them and they can't yep. use their powers but they yep. can still walk around during day even in folklore in most folklore yeah yeah there's some of them so, that they say you can only tell that someone is a vampire at night. Yeah. During the Hollywood, day, it's untellable. They the can't. Whole, 
with Dracula and uh, Nosferatu is the whole sun kills vampires thing. But yeah, super excited for the Nosferatu remake, by the way. There's been more images and I've been trying not to look at them, but oh, it looks so good. It's just images and it looks so good. You know, you know it's going to be good. I'm just waiting. I'm trying to pull up the, oh, yeah. the pages of the Necro to quote you for those stars. Uh, um, no, no, no. Though, keep talking. I'm going to oh, yeah, yeah. find it. I so, love the whole it's not meant to be there. So even the Lich, the Lich knows well what that is. Yeah. He knows what's going on. He, he, uh, he's just not telling Alaric yet. And that's pretty much our episode. It ends with... Um, Alaric the Dam heading out from that area and continuing south, presumably towards what they call the Dead House Gate. Uh, God, such a banger episode. I love the endings. Like, they really know how to get you hooked with an ending. Um, and the beginnings are always good. I really like I like that it is now permanently Alaric the Dam, Alaric Grand Inquisitor of the Facing Empire. Um, it's very cool. So what? Yeah, what? What did everybody in the down here in the streaming thing think of think of so, uh, this episode? Did you like it? What's up? What's up? When you give us your opinions, I want to read Calypso reading from the Necro. Last words, six six words. The last word by Tozy Mined, Archlich of the Noblesse. When all the great houses have fallen and all their banners lie still as the last winds die, none shall remain but the house of the dead. No men, nor titans, dreams, nor devils, no nameless horrors lurking in the black, nor those of heaven's fire can break this contract. And without their followers to empower them, even the gods will fade from this world, all but one of them. Death always gets the last word, the final toll of the bell. To debate is only to delay, and the living will delay, and the argument between houses will crack the world. But it will make no difference in the end. They do not realize yet that we are not their enemy. We are only their future. There's prophecy in that right there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's plenty So there's your stars there, Calypso. Yep. Yep. There's uh, plenty more of that from that Bible if you guys want to. I know Varric has probably dissected that thing top to bottom a thousand times. Um, Varric yeah. really has a degree in theology of Dead House at this point. I think he could be considered <laughs> a Dead House theologian. He can quote things that even I. They're like, really? Wait, hold on. Let me double check that again. Yes, he knows. He knows. Yeah, he knows yeah. things. We will have to get Varric on after the next read. Yeah, we should. We should get on a little discussion. And if anyone else wants to jump on, it'll be a good laugh. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think this one was fantastic. It hit it out of the park. There's a lot of people that have come back to me in the community have said that they have enjoyed this one even more. I think they're getting more invested in Alaric and his adventures. So, like, I, I really do enjoy that concept. That, uh, like, yeah. there's, there's, it's gotten more depth now because we're no longer having Alaric describing his weird things and, you know, oh, I done this and I'm experimenting and all. We've gotten to the point where Alaric is like, crap's got real. Uh, yeah. I'm a vampire now. I don't quite know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Less the, 
this this now now that Alaric's a vampire and he's going on this sort of journey, um, it's less like the beginning of Frankenstein, um, where he's just experimenting and trying to figure crap out, and more the middle or ending of Frankenstein where he's solving and trying to escape from the monster or uh, uh, like just coming to grips with what has happened and what's going on and everything else like that. And has realized uh, how, really small, read it. how small he is in this thing. Before he yeah. considered himself one of the big boys in the Thasian yeah, the like I don't want to say army because technically he wasn't in the army, but he was an inquisitor. So he did work yeah. as part of the army, like he was helping them in their war against Deadhouse. And the ghoul taught him, and the vampire blood has taught him, our war is not with you. And your war, as Venduk said, is very small. Whether you win or lose, it matters yeah. not. Yeah. There's fantastic quotes onto that, like, because that's what he's discovering. Is like, this is much, much bigger. You know, I still have to laugh. Uh, is Nick there? Uh, wait, are you saying there is God above other gods? That will be interesting to find out because, as we know from the Necro, we've got again six gods, nine houses, and they all seem to want to uh, make an appearance now. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> so what was your favorite part into calypso and what do you predict comes next okay uh my favorite part man i'm torn between there's so much good in this episode um i won't say my favorite part because that default goes to even the horses yeah um, the meme of course. but uh i guess my favorite parts would be i loved the ash the ash descriptions i love that there is i love that there's world building in something so minuscule as you die and we use your ashes for something that also adds in then when you're playing the game and you go to villages that would have been formerly thacian because i'm assuming thacy is dead now as alaric yeah. points out you know so when the game starts, Thacian is dead. But let's say you go to a formerly Thacian one that is now overtaken by the Dreamers, right? The, yeah. they, they won't have built stuff or anything. It'll just be all overgrown with tentacles and all. But you'll be able to see at temples, there'll be big braziers. And you'll know yeah. what they are and what they are for. You will understand yeah. the history and their religious customs and why things are the way they are. And that these things make sense. I would like... Um... A mechanic i think it'd be a really interesting mechanic or element some somehow implemented if you could use the three types of ash to craft weaponry or Ooh, that's um, cool. or like uh builds if i don't know if there's going to be a i can't remember if there's going to be like a construction element like building houses fallout four style or whatever um or or if you could use it somehow this or that element oh somehow. black ash gray ash white ash yeah. so like holy or unholy mm -hmm. interesting that'd be really cool uh, wouldn't it like that yeah that whole ash thing i think that's great even the horses is classic because like just it's the it's the thing dude it's it's that it's body horror stuff that's always good um i and i think my favorite my other favorite part is uh because I, I think i really like the dough I really like the blood drinking of the dough and just that sort of description of what it is, of what Alaric feels. Um, 
rules after it. He is one with the forest. <clears throat> like he is home now, recedes and fades over him like like you're like being high or whatever, for, for <laughs> lack of a better of of that. I, I yeah, forgot I that's probably I, my favorite part. I forgot to bring up at that time, but I remember Jaina's comment when we were all watching this live on YouTube was if Alaric's drinking from the dough, is that like kind of the vampire's equivalent of a vegetarian? That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's, a, that's another trope in vampirism or recent vampire fiction is, um, is uh, I don't drink from humans. I only drink from animals, you know. Um, thanks, Interview with the Vampire, for the whole rats thing, I guess. And you could live off rats well. I wouldn't call it living. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great, dude. It's so good. Uh, I think that's my favorite part is the dough, definitely. Yeah. What comes next? That's it. Next. Well, he's on his way, has a goal to get to the south and Deadhouse Gate, or what yeah. they call Deadhouse Gate. Um, I think that is going to be next, or will not immediately. I definitely think it's going to take him a while to get there, perhaps. He is a vampire now. He could just zoom there, presumably, very quickly, uh, maybe. Uh, but I think uh, this is going to be sort of his odyssey to get unbound from the lich or is the lich tricking him you never know so i think do you that's think next. they would do you think they're tricking him see i don't think so because alaric is now an undead so what would be the point of tricking alaric there's no real reason to unless the lich has like some sort of ulterior motive which i can't imagine he would i don't think it's ulterior yeah, I think their goal is very clear. It's like, we need to stop the Awaken. Like, yeah. there's, there's no ulterior, like, oh, I'm secretly... No, no, this is... We need to do this. Yeah. This. <laughs> I know? I think I think the ghoul's going to come back soon Ooh. because the Lich had a thing, had, like, a pact with the ghoul or, or an agreement or whatever, bonding perhaps as well with the ghoul. So I think the ghoul is going to come back and sort of be the guide to Alaric. Um, and we're going to get buddy cop stuff. Because, oh, I want, I want my, like, want yes, my I cool vampire buddy cop. You know, I totally think that's, that's, you know what? I think that's going to be next. I definitely think if not immediately in the next episode, maybe in the ending of the next episode, the ghoul pops up and is like, what's up, dude? What's up? <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> I think, I think it would be absolutely hilarious. Uh, I'd love to see what way that this progresses later on as we go down, because now it means more. It means more because Alaric has a depth, an in-depth look at Deadhouse. Like he's been studying Deadhouse this entire time. Uh, His whole goal was, yeah. we need to destroy Deadhouse, and he's been looking, at, and now he's on the other side of the fence. So he gets yeah. to see it. Like, even though he doesn't agree with Deadhouse, he is one of the dead, whether he likes it or not. And this is something that'll, like, shape him and change how he goes, you know? Yeah. I also, uh, I pictured, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else did, um, maybe, but when uh, I pictured the Lich and the ghouls, the Lich and the, and the, gosh, the Lich and Alaric's conversation, kind of like a sitcom style, uh, <laughs> Like when 
Alaric is underground and he's talking to the lich. I totally and the and the and the uh, the lich is above him. You know, maybe sitting on the ground spiritually or mentally or whatever. <laughs> um, and he's just looking down at him like maybe cross-legged and in silence, which is like, "What's up?" You know. Um, and then uh, towards the ending, when they're talking and they're like mentally linked, there's that really great image of they're literally standing side by side. Um, and maybe uh, in my mind or whatever, I pictured Alaric quite literally talking to the Lich, but just like a projection of the Lich, you know, mm. as like like literally side by side. So that's, I don't know, I think, yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, the Lich is going to show up again, you know, guide him, be like, go this way, go that way. Or the ghoul could show up and be his guide. You never know. Do you think they're going to get a vampire to teach him how to be a vampire? Or are they going to let him figure it out for himself? I think they're going to let him figure it out for himself because there would be no fun in having a vampire vampire. You know? Maybe the lich yeah, is going to give true. him some pointers and be like, you know, you can grow your hand back, right? And yeah. like, oh, I'm waiting like, for that. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, I'm totally waiting for that. Too. I'm also I'm wanting to know what the hell the story is with that um, Will of Wisp, Will of the Wisp. Yeah, was was what did well, the we lich want those for? Souls. Well, yeah, hmm. don't know. So it'll, uh, be, it'll be interesting. Newman, I think we're going to learn a lot more. I think so. We know that we know from Dennis earlier, a couple of years ago, and like uh, the general mechanics gameplay wise is that. Liches use human batteries to get their power, um, and and charge well, themselves up. Souls are the souls are the currency. Souls are the currency. Yeah, he blatantly so, says it. Perhaps that maybe you know what I change. I take back what I said. We're either going to get the the ghoul guiding Alaric, or the lich is a will o' wisp to guide Alaric, and it'll be like his little his little Navi fairy from. Ocarina of Time. <laughs> Do you notice we've got a weird kind of like Alice in Wonderland, like white rabbit situation going on? You know, Alaric's late, yeah. late for a very important day. You know, and it's mm -hmm. like, get your butt south past the dead house gates. I'm waiting. Hurry up. I can just picture, I can picture the lich just like looking at like a watch and just, come on. Where are you? Hurry up. Hurry up. You're taking too long. Now, there's yeah. the real question. For something that literally has the patience of eternity, why does he need to hurry up? What is taking? Yeah, why that's is this, weird, like, You're right? taking too long. So there's clearly an agenda, and there's clearly something happening, and they need to do things. Clearly. No idea what, what that are is. Those things. Yeah, but what those things are, we do not know. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to be awesome. And I think that about wraps us up for this year, my friends. Yeah. That does. That does. Um, so on that note, everybody, uh, I've been Calypso, Faceless Mike. You can check out everything Deadhouse Sonata related at deadhousesonata.com. Um, on the social medias, the Discord, the Twitters, the Facebooks, it's always Deadhouse Game. At Deadhouse Game for the Twitters. Uh, there's a Reddit. There's Deadhouse Sonata Reddit now. Go, go blog on there. Yes. Um, the YouTube Dead House Sonata. If you just type in Dead House Sonata, you'll find it. Yes. Um, and uh, you can follow me, Calypso, and Faceless Mike. Oh yeah, on Twitch at Dead House Whispers at Twitch.tv/slash Dead House Whispers. We have a YouTube now uh, at Dead House Whispers. We have a Twitter and an Instagram now at Dead House Whispers. 
Um, and you can follow Faceless Mike at the Faceless Mike on uh, everything. I'm sorry, I'm going through this. Don't worry, I'll so take quickly. my time going the through. The Faceless Mike on Instagram. Um, yes. And you can follow me, Calypso, on Twitter at Calypso694. That's my personal one. Or more importantly, at Necrolibriatus. That's my Dead House Sonata one on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, I think that's it. Guys. We really <laughs> thank to do all that stuff everyone. for us. And we yes. will catch everybody in the next episode. See ya. <laughs> Our bell tolls for all. Fight the living. See you guys. <laughs> thank you. Much appreciation from us. Yes. For listening to Dead House Whispers. Ah, yes. Thank you for listening to Dead House Whispers with Faceless Mike and Calypso. They're lovely people. Don't forget to like and subscribe, or I'll find you. From the creator of Legacy of Cain and Eternal Darkness, Dead House Sonata is a narrative-driven action RPG in which you take the role of the undead and fight against the living. Visit us at www.deadhousesonata.com for updates on development. That's dead, H-A-U-S, sonata.com.